Right now at Safeway, save on all your favorite home scents and cleaning products for a fresh, clean home. Shop for deals on items like Glade candles and plug-ins, Febreze air fresheners, Clorox cleaners, Swiffer wet cloths, or Scotch-Brite sponges. Plus, deck the halls and shop for deals on items like mini light sets, holiday wrapping paper, holiday candles, and holiday cards. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is an official download. We've got a great show lined up for it. From the custardtv.com. On to the internet you go. Welcome, dear listener, to the Custard TV podcast. You'll notice that the voice on the other end of this Skype call, which has taken some time to sort out, is uh, the northern one, Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Gary. Uh, you'll notice that my voice is, is me. Hi, I'm Gary. I'm the one in the south. Uh, missing because he's summing it up in California, is Luke, the editor and runner of the the website. Well, that's not strictly true this week, is it? I'm the runner and editor, and you're sort of doing something. I'm I'm your lackey. Um, I'm the runner, you're sort of the sitter-downer. Yeah, the hobbler, uh, I think it would be my superhero name at the moment. Uh, But yes, Luke is uh, on his American uh, voyage, Uh, he's enjoying himself. We've had a few messages, and we Skype messages and emails. I haven't spoken to him, have you spoken to him on Skype? I haven't. No, I'm sorry. No, I meant I meant WhatsApp. Sorry, not Skype. I meant, I'm I'm so involved in Skype at the moment. I got confused. We've had some WhatsApps and some some messages of, of you know. He's been messaging other people on Twitter. I don't think he cares about us very much. No, sad, really, isn't it? But mm. there you go. We're recording this podcast in, in memory of Luke Nunn already. Leave uh, the memories you know. alone. <laughs> I was going to do a version of California, like he posted on Twitter, but um, or um. How am I supposed to live without you? How so I'm supposed to carry on? Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. The big news, I suppose, is that Big Brother, um, in its um, current form, is coming to an end, and Celebrity Big Brother also. Um, I think this was on the cards. Channel 5 have sort of uh, Ben Fro at Edinburgh said he was preparing for a big brotherless year next year, which sort of um, preempted this announcement. Um, I think this might be the end for Big Brother. We um, Sky and Channel 4 have both come out and said that they're not going to pick it up. So unless it ends up on like really or. Well, I don't know if 
this, but it gets repeated on MTV. Yeah, but that obviously is sort of owned by the Viacom. It's because it's Viacom, yeah. So they won't be doing anything with it. Um, Unless it goes to somewhere online, I suppose, if there's an online... Because Endemol, I think, are still keen to um, continue the format in this country in some some, uh, regard. There was the rumour that ITV were buying Endemol, but I don't think Big Brother feels like an ITV-type programme. Although it does feel like an ITV2 program. Yeah, well, they've got Love but, Island, haven't they? So it would be. Too... They could run it. They could run it in the non-Love Island. Yeah, time. but it would feel. I, I, I think it would almost feel like a confused brand, and I think ITV2 want to fit, want to seem, you know, yeah. young and hip, and Big Brother yeah. isn't that brand anymore, really. I, I, I honestly also as well think with the controversy that they had with Celebrity Big Brother, and we haven't really touched on that, have we? Well, I didn't really watch this. it, to be fair. I mean, I didn't, but obviously if you were watching any kind of news, you realised that Roxanne Pallet accused somebody of punching her, but then admitted she didn't, and, and there was a whole confusion. And So I don't think that helped. And then I, I, I suppose the timing is a little bit weird, but I suppose all they've done is they've gone, this is the last Big Brother, get on it, get watching it, this is the last time you'll see it on Channel 5. Yeah. But it kind of crept up. I mean, I didn't even bother with any kind of show with the actual Big Brother this year. I don't know whether you did. Um, no, I mean... Not even the launch show. No. Oh, well. I mean, you know, our Big Brother was a big part of television 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, like I mean... Yesterday's news. I mean, it, it kind of feels like it should have been gone by now. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I mean, there was an audience that stayed round for it when uh, Channel 5 picked it up. You know, yeah. it still gets a million or so. I think Celebrity Big Brother... Um, did well because of the Roxanne Palette stuff. I think the celebrity version still does well, but I think the the civilian version, certainly the last series struggled, and I think, I don't know if this one's finding an audience. Um, now I'm working with people who talk about TV quite a lot. Um, oh, yeah. You can hear, some people are watching it, I think, because it's the last one. Um, I heard someone say that they were going to go maybe go to one of the evictions or something. Um, but... Um, no, it's, there's no big surprise, really. The biggest news of the week um, is that Channel 4 and Sky are going to be um, sharing programmes um, over um, Skybox sets and now TV. Um, and I believe on Virgin as well. Can you not watch the, the, the whole series of No Offence currently? I can, but I think that's under the existing kind of... Channel 4 box sets thing that I think it's on. I'm yeah. not sure if it's a Virgin box set or a Channel It's not, box set. because it's that. not on for all four. Haven't, ah, right. Because it's a deal with Sky, and maybe because you can stream Sky stuff through Virgin, can't you? So that yeah, might you be... Can, yeah, um, yeah, um, so no offence is currently, you can watch the entire series on Now TV and Sky box sets. Um, and uh, good luck, for, good news for Channel Four people. Tin Star, which we all loved. I was uh, going to say, who's getting the best out of this? Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like, doesn't really sound like the best idea. What do you think? What would be a good trade? Because it's Tin Star Sky Atlantic, or Sky it is, isn't it? it Sky. Uh, no, it's Sky One, I think. I think it's Sky Atlantic. Oh, okay. Um, Save Me might be something that they think about sharing because it is it, that does feel like a Channel Four type thing. I, uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I, I must admit I don't really. I'm struggling to think. I mean, I think if if I mean if if Sky could get their hands on the 
Bake Off. Oh no, they won't go. They won't. But it, it, to me, it sounds like they're both trading shows, which they're happy for the other to have. I mean, you guys love no offence, but and the Walter Present stuff being on Sky is probably a good idea because mm. I don't know how much that gets. But yeah, Tin Star. I mean, the thing is, I suppose the thing is, we haven't really seen that big Sky One drama that's really had any crossover appeal. Everything that's been on has been received a bit lukewarm. Mm. I mean, the, the only thing we've all liked is any of the comedies, like um, Moon Boy. Yeah, I mean that that would be great as a box set on Channel Four. I think that would be great if more people got the chance to see that. Yeah, good point. But outside of that, I think this deal favours Sky a bit more than Channel Four at the moment. Anyway, we don't know yeah. what's coming. What Sky will be giving. I mean, the, the, the interesting part is that there is a new series of Tin Star, and I suppose what Sky are thinking maybe is, well, if we put Tin Star One on Channel Four box sets, more people might go, oh, I really like this. Time it right get the timing right of when you release it, give it a month, and then put the second series of Tin Star on Sky, and more people might sign up. Maybe. Yeah, but maybe is it, that's the test that they're doing. I don't know. It is an interesting experiment, and like the sharing of shows between channels and things like that. It's, a, it's an interest Whether others will follow suit, but it is an interesting thing, you know, blurring yeah. the lines a little bit. and um, So there's that. That's the news. Um, Gary, you can go west. side of the planet is the fact that this week was the 2018 Emmys. The best drama series went to Game of Thrones. None of us had that. No, we all said The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Uh, best comedy series went to The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which you said you think would win, but then you changed your mind. And no, said I said I didn't think it would win. I, uh, I, okay. I, Not in this category. I said Rachel Brosnahan would win, which she did. Indeed. Outstanding limited series went to uh, The Assassination of Gianna Versace. Clean sweep across the board for us. We know what we're talking about. Mm. Um, uh, into the actors category. Um, lead actor in a drama series went to Matthew Reese Again, clean sweep across the board. We're all glad about that. Um, lead actress. I talked about Claire Foy, but I went with Elizabeth Moss like an idiot. And Claire Foy won. We all went with Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, we all went with Elizabeth Moss. Uh, act, supporting actor. Uh, we had a real mix. We had a real mix. Uh, I know. You went with um, Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Uh, Luke went with Joseph Fiennes, and I went with Nikolai Costa Walder. Uh, Nikolai Costa, which means I win slightly. No, you don't. No, you don't get no, a no, point. I'm joking, I'm joking. I went. It was a call. Went to Peter Dinklage. I think we're all a bit surprised about that because he wasn't a feature in the last series of Game of Thrones, and we said that on that. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's good, but he wasn't, you know, as good as he has been. Pretty. He didn't really have any standout moments, whereas. If he were going to pick someone from Game of Thrones, he should have been yeah. Nikolai. Um, but yeah, it's interesting we all picked different ones that are all wrong. That's right. I think that's one of the few where we all picked different, actually, from the look yeah. as well. Uh, supporting actress went to um, Thaddea Newton. Who? Um, Who? Who? Tandy. Oh, Tandy. Sorry, it's pronounced Tandy, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Um, Tandy Newton of Westworld. We all went for different things. I went for Vanessa Kirby and you two went for Millie Bobby Brown. Um... I mean, obviously, none of us have seen Westworld, which made it quite a tricky thing to pick. Uh, into the comedy actor went to Bill Hader, which you and Luke picked. No, 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 uh, no, no, Luke picked Donald Glover. As far as comedy actress, uh, as you mentioned, Rachel Brosnahan won for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We all picked that, despite the fact I'd only seen one episode, so I think I should get two points. No. no. Um, uh, supporting actors, uh, you went correctly for Henry Winkler out of Barry. Yeah. Uh, and 
got the fact that Alex Borstein out of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel wrong, although you did mention her. So yeah, I mentioned her, but me and you went for Betty Gilpin, Luke went for Zazie Beats. Or Zazie yes. Beats. For Colin F. Blow, only run in like stage acting. Yeah, stuff, stunts in the comedy show. stunts. Uh, and the last kind of category that we all kind of um, put ourselves forward for was the lead actor in a limited series, uh, which went to uh, Darren Chris out of the assassination of Gianna Versace. Animated series we actually all picked as well. Oh, I mean, did we? although I don't have the result for that one. That well, you see, I, I've yeah, come through on this one. Rick and Morty won. I mean, you said it would win. Uh, Luke right. picked Bob's Burgers, so um, I think I've won there because yes. Bill Hader yeah. and Henry Winkler. I only have 37 seconds. I wrote this 43 years ago. Okay. Okay. Can I just say, Skip Brittenham said to me a long time ago, if you stay at the table long enough, the chips come to you. And tonight, I got to clear the table. If you get a chance to work with Bill Hader or Alec Berg, run, don't walk. Thank you for producing us, for creating us, for directing us, and, and for um, Bill for acting with us and all of our wonderful writers, Sherry Thompson and uh, wonderful Sharon, Sherry Goldberg, an extraordinary publicist, uh, uh, Cliff and Aaron and Chris, who represent me for, almost for the first time. I feel represented. I can't stop yet. My wife, Stacy. Oh, my God. My cast and crew. And, and the kids, kids, Jed, Zoe, and Max, you can go to bed now. Daddy won! We have three new shows to review. The first of which is, well, it's showing on the BBC, but it is definitely a BBC America uh, production. It's Killing Eve. And you will notice a strange voice on this review. Yes, from Beyond the Waters, it's Luke on this review. This is written, coincidental, co written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge who you will remember that wrote and starred in Fleabag and I, I would much. say adapted adapted well, probably, by Luke yeah he's coming to it this is the new Gary you're forgetting it's the new Gary hold on hold on to quote Matt I haven't finished yet okay yeah. oh all that does sound like him yeah and also based on books written by Luke Jennings. I was about to get there. I've done my research. Okay. So this is basically uh, Sandra O oh is playing a bored MI5 security officer who, in her quest to get a bit more excitement in her job, sort of comes across the fact that a Russian politician is murdered by a woman. She seems to have an obsessive compulsive uh, about female serial killers. She seems to know all their names and their movements. And, and soon she finds herself sort of on a collision course with an extremely violent and probably out of the ordinary assassin um sandra o sort of does lead this 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 show kind of has two major kind of parts to it there's the sandra o storyline and then obviously the jodie coma storyline she plays the eponymous villanelle 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 and sandra plays eve Polastri. Very very easy names to give are they you know jodie coma's character is a an assassin uh, you, you sort of see the now you don't see the first murder but it gets reported you don't see she basically walks past a bloke and hits his author is it no it's the artery isn't it some sort of artery in the leg and he bleeds out mm-hmm. and the only witness is his Russian girlfriend who's drunk and, and complaining and and Sandra O goes to sort of interview her a little bit off book you know she's she's not supposed to be doing this sort of thing uh, and there's these wonderful tense scenes with uh, her boss, played brilliantly by David Haig, and his boss, played again brilliantly by Darren Boyd, in a very awkward performance. Who actually got a works. Beard. Who has? Who has got a beard? Yes, and a very weird beard because it's completely different from her colour to his hair. 
the other big sort of name that really is in this alongside Jodie Comer's side of it is we get the return. Now, I'm going to have to help me because I can't remember this guy's name. Kim Bodnia. Kim Bodnia. Kim Bodnia. Now, he obviously is from the first series of The Bridge. The, and the second the first, series. And the, the second, second series. series. He is quite intimidating. And he seems to be almost like the assassin go-between. He gives um, her her jobs and her Yeah, cards. on postcards that she has to... Handler, I would say. Yeah, yeah exactly that's a very that. good phrase. Yes, that's a very good phrase. When Jodie Comer is sent to London uh, to kill the Russian girlfriend that she left alive at the beginning, mm-hmm. you see everything. You see blood splattering everywhere. I thought yeah. this was going to be one of those shows where you were never actually going to see the violence. Oh, you but do. That end, but you do. Um, and, and that's what I was commenting on is that at the end you see and you know it has a real effect Sandra Sandro's character walks in and, and, and two police officers two security guards a nurse and this Russian girlfriend have been killed mm-hmm. it's at that point that um, someone from the Russian desk sort of recruits her to come and work for I assume that's MI6 yes a bit more isn't it and actually work pretty much as a spy trying to find Jodie Comer's character. Fiona Shaw's character. The brilliant Carolyn. Fiona Shaw. She's like, yeah, I she went, was very good. I, I, I went to the, the screening scene. and she's the best. I love her to bits now. She's brilliant. To give my view, I think this is absolutely fantastic. I love the pace. I love the humour. I love the dialogue. And I have to say, the revelation, and I think we've all known this for a long time, Jodie Comer is just fantastic in this. What she and it, is, she's transformative. She's not what, the girl from Dr. Foster. She's not even the girl from 13. She's no. not the girl from my mad... Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Right now at Safeway, get your skin winter ready with big savings on all your favorite skincare products. Shop for deals on items like Gillette Mach 3 razors, Gillette Labs razors and blades, Venus razors and blades, and native shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. Plus, shop the buy two, get one free baking event and save on items like selected varieties of handy foil and good cook pans. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. That diary, she is this character and this character only, and that is the mark. But, but equally as well, she is playing. She's doing that fantastic job, like the girl in uh, the other BBC Three. Ironic, yeah. She's managing to play multiple characters because of the fact mm. that she's an assassin. The only thing that you didn't mention in your in your fantastic um, sort of sum up was the fact that the two characters do have a brief meeting yes. in the toilets before the the big. Uh, mm. Final blood, f- blood-filled scene. Matt, go. Hello. Well, yeah, I, w- I want to hear what Matt says. Well, I have just finished watching episode six, so I. Think oh, you beautiful I man! You, I like you even more. You fantastic creature! I'm so pleased that you like this because I, didn't you... say I liked it. I just okay. Said, yeah, give me a second. All right. Okay. I'm <laughs> so pleased that you. Okay. No, I love Thank you. Uh, it's just really well. It's really easy to watch, and as it's you said, fantastic. I mean, Jodie Comer, I, I think, is brilliant. Just the energy she brings, the sort of 
almost sort of slapstickness. Jonas Shaw, as, as Luke said, is fantastic. I think I think the British actors they've got are spot on. But no, I just love the style of it, the pace of it. I think my only criticism, and this isn't anything to do with anyone involved with it, really, is the fact that the coming soon or ne- up next things are, are really, really spoilery. Well, I I didn't okay. okay the way the way I watched it I didn't I didn't see that I think the BBC One trailer which has been all yeah, over the yeah. station is incredibly spoilery and I don't know mm, why they yeah it, they but one them. thing this does prove is that Phoebe Waller-Bridge should not be acting she should I just know. be so I, I will say at the screening she was there and I sort of fell under a spell a bit mm. I think she is an interesting person mm-hmm. to listen to she's very dynamic I just. It made me think, was I too harsh on Fleabag? But, I, you know... I didn't like her other sitcom that nobody watched, Crashing. Her sitcoms seem to be not as disciplined as this, and I think maybe because mm. there's a base it's to adapting. this. I'm surprised the Americans lap this up as much yeah, as they did. The humour yeah. in it is very British. And very subtle. I mean, and I, I think Kim Bodnia does a good job, as well as Constantine. Yeah, um, I don't want to say too much, because as no, I say, I've watched six episodes, so where, I can't where remember. One ends and, yeah. How many of this? There's, there's eight. eight. There's eight. Lucas finished all. this, yeah. I believe. Matt's Matt gonna obviously done six. Um, and, and I'll be watching, I'll be kept catching up and watching a few tonight as well. Because I think, like Matt, I wanted to watch the next one straight away, but I'd, I'd run out of time to sort of, you know, watch other things. Sandra O oh is... Emmy nominated for it, and rightly so. I don't know why Jodie Comer wasn't. And I think... Yeah, I was thinking that. What what they touched on and what what I gravitated to it so much was not just the humour and the pace and the complete unpredictability of it, is that what you said, it's almost two shows in one. Yeah, that's how I felt. But often when they do that, then it, they don't mesh together. They don't feel right. But when you're in the Jodie Comer world, I was completely absorbed. And when you're back with Sandro, it's as equally as absorbing. And I don't quite know how they do that. And so when the two worlds collide, I, I just think it's perfect. And I'm so pleased you like it because often I big these things up, and then you go. Well, I, I oh, think, I'm I not think keen. We, we've been aware of this for some time. You know, we were kind of aware of the unique fact that you know this was something that was being shown in bbc america and we hadn't got it and i'm so glad the bbc have chosen to kind of give it a saturday night slot and a box set saturday night is a great time for this i think it's it's got a good saturday night film traditionally it's been the home of of uh, taboo and hard sun so it's not always a great night for drama but those weren't great dramas and gunpowder and no that was sunday night no it wasn't no that was saturday night you're quite right it is one of the shows that does justify having the iPlayer box sets because oh, often God. we yeah. criticise yeah. that we criticise them just doing it with random shows like the aforementioned Gunpowder. I think this justifies it because it has got that pace and you do want you know it's very sort of serialised. It is it is like an it is an adaptation of. Mm. I believe it's four novellas. Yeah, um, Luke Jennings. But, um, but you you get that pace, you get that feel. You want this, you want to see where the story. It's a, it's a, I hate up. the phrase. It's a proper ride. It's a proper ride that you're on from beginning yeah. to end. That I I think I might have watched six in a day. I started it yesterday morning. And will you watch seven and eight tonight? If now I'm going to give up now. Oh, <laughs> oh. just because what happens in six. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's really, really good. I can't well, wait for you to see it. Two and three tonight, if you're interested. Yeah. But, you know. I, and I think it helps that they're only forty minutes. Well, that is one of the plus sides of the American advert system, isn't it? That they yeah. they're shorter. Indeed, oh, I'm so pleased you like it. I can fly away happy. Oh no, technically I'll be in America when you hear this, but I'll fly away happy knowing that you love this show because I've been desperate to talk to you about it, and I'm. So pleased you like it. It's one of my favourites. Not just of this year, but for a long time. I don't remember having this much fun with a show you can laugh at, you can be shocked at. What about Barry? Well, yeah, actually, I would put them in the same category. With with both having What's-Her-Face Baptiste in. Oh, yeah, that's true. Who? Kirby Howe Baptiste. She's one of the actress friends in Barry. Of course she blooming is. (laughs) But I would I would put them in the same category because yeah. they're they're serious, they're funny, they're shocking, they're engaging, and you have no idea where they're going to go. So they're a perfect pair. Killing Eve is on the iPlayer now, and if Hello. you if you have any sense, watch it. Who's doing the Merry Gary Goes West bit here? A Merry Gary Goes West. <laughs> 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 a Merry Gary Goes West to us all. Two shows uh, from the inter- from the internet platform. The first from Amazon Prime uh, is Forever, created by Matt Hubbard and Alan Yang, and stars Maya Rudolph um, and Fred Armisen. Now you'll recognise both those names if you've watched any Saturday Night Live. If you, I didn't know Fred of... Armisen. I have to say, I hold my hands you up. Did. You didn't. No, you did. didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, he also does a lot of stuff on. One of the, I think it's the Seth Meyers show. He's a regular character. Oh. And also created Portlandia, I think. I'm, I, I, I know you can't hear me, listeners, but I'm shrugging my shoulders. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, basically, this is about a young couple called June and Oscar. Uh, they live a comfortable. Well, they're not young. Oh, sorry to. to they're they're in their forties. Okay, they're not young. Sorry, you're quite right. You're you're um, not young, Gary, either. Just to just to rub it in. I am. My mum says so. Uh, they live a comfortable but sort of predictable wedded life. Uh, the, the sort of first, I'd say, seven to ten minutes is a kind of like a musical montage. Yeah, like for, it's it's like the first five minutes, which I quite like. It was very a lot of this actually was very Woody Allen esque. Yes, that's a very good uh, that's a very good description. I hadn't thought of that, but Woody Allen is a good is a good likeness. Uh, and basically, they, they sort of live a very sort of predictable life. They're talking about going on holiday. They seem to go to the same place every year. Yeah, like uh, having. Yeah, but they decide to go skiing, quite why I don't know. Um, For a change, a change in the routine. A change in the routine. And whilst they're there, uh, unfortunately, because they got there a little bit late and it's a bit cold, they didn't get on the adult learning slope skiing session, so they had to go in with the kids. Uh, And during that, uh, June, uh, played by Maya Rudolph, gets like a timeout, which I think was one of the sort of more laugh-out-loud moments Mm. when he said, go and stand by the timeout bear. Uh, obviously because it was kids that were being trained and she goes and sort of has a bit of apres ski and, and, and starts talking to someone whilst Oscar decides uh, foolishly to uh, decide to sort of go down the adult slopes uh, g'd on by one of the kids and um, although you don't actually see anything at the beginning of episode two you realise that not only has he passed away but a whole year has gone by yeah uh, and basically, the series from here on, I think, is more sort of focused on Maya Rudolph. I mean, obviously, the, the you, if you if you you know you might recognise Fred Armisen, and you might think, gosh, you know, he's now not in it after the first episode. At the end of episode two, she gets a promotion, goes first class to wherever it is she's going, chokes on a macadamia nut, and dies herself. 
So the series is actually about uh, them both in the afterlife, hence the name Forever. So that's why I wanted you to watch the first three episodes, because it changes again in episode three. So it is about the couple, but they are now stuck in the afterlife, which is this sort of suburban-y type place. And the third episode sees them go back to the cabin, which he has now sold, and try and haunt it to get the family out of the house. What it becomes almost is a uh, thing about the afterlife, and it, I think it's interesting because we've got the good place already, which is sort of the mainstream version of this. Um, reading on, it seems like it changes again. Catherine Keener, who we saw in Kidding, joins the cast in episode four as like the oh, okay. new their new neighbour in the afterlife. Because like you, I thought the second episode was going to be, well, the series was going to be her learning to live yeah. without him. Because I, lo- I loved that scene in the um, the electronic shop where she's trying to buy a new router. and Oh, yeah, that is good. Um, but, no, I, I think it's interesting. But, again, I think it's because you're a testament to it, and I know there was different reasons for you not watching it, but the fact that they kept changing what the series was each episode, I think, was a bit jarring. Um, I, I, mean, really... I, I, I struggled generally because, although we used the word comedy and we talked about that in kidding in our last mm. episode as well, where there were no kind of like real kind of, you know, there's no laughter track. It's, it's, a, it's almost like a sort of like a, it, it's a, it's a drama. It's not, I mean, I suppose because it's got death, there's a bit of black comedy, mm. but it's almost like a sort of a, a drama with some slightly humorous. Yeah. It's a comedy. It's a comedy drama. I think this is funnier than, than kidding. Okay. I think Maya Rudolph is a very, funny uh, performer and I think she adds to the humour in this I didn't like uh, Fred Armisen okay. very much um, I was annoyed when he came back and, and it turned out that the two of them were you know, together in the afterlife uh, but no it's an interesting concept I think it's going to struggle because of the comparisons to The Good Place um, I might watch the rest of it because they're, the episodes are only quite short and yeah. I want I, I I'd like to see where it goes. At least it's something a little bit original. Um, and as I say, I like Maya Rudolph and Catherine Keener, who I like, is um, going to be in well, the. You said yourself that she was a bit underused in kidding, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Well, I know we so. only watched the first episode there, and none of us yeah. were going to watch it again. I'd be interested in Luke's thoughts on this as well. Whether he's going to, I think he said he would watch it, so we'll have to. Oh, okay. Uh, when he's back, we'll when catch he's back. up on that one. But. Um, the, the star of the Gary Goes West section is the return of American Vandal. Well, I had first lunch that day. I got there a little earlier than usual because it was Chicken Finger Monday. Chicken Finger Monday? Those things are damn good. Chicken fingers are very popular. They're actually pretty solid chicken fingers. They're not restaurant quality, but they're better than what you think. I had a salad that day. I think a cookie and lemonade. I had the chicken fingers for lunch with potatoes and lemonade. Chicken fingers, chips, lemonade. Spaghetti and lemonade. Pasta, a lemonade. Cookie, a lemonade. Not the spaghetti and lemonade. Lemonade. And a lemonade. And lemonade. 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 I had the lemonade. I was talking to Noah McCusker about something and and he just stops. Mid-sentence. I'll never forget the look on his face. It was like time to stop for a second. A couple of students just started rushing away and I didn't even know what was going on. It took me a minute to process. It it didn't really hit me right away. 
And then it really hit me. That shit. And I looked around me and everyone else had the shit too. All of a sudden, kids aren't making it into the bathroom because our, our bathrooms weren't, weren't designed for that many people. It was just a race to the closest toilet. So I was already in the stalls. Immediately after, people just started like swarming in. I couldn't even get out. It wasn't necessarily even a line to the bathroom. It was a pile. I realized there was no way I was going to make it to the bathroom, so I grabbed a trash can. People were just trying to find a place where they could put their shit. I was desperate. I just pooped on the floor. People were shitting in girdles and sinks. It was crazy. I've been at St. Bernardine for a long time. I can tell you, this was the worst thing I've seen at the school in 20 years. 911, what's your emergency? Uh, St. Bernardine Catholic. Yes, ma'am. All of our students, uh, I don't know how to say, uh, they're, all, they're all sick. They're all... I wanted to die. We had no choice. I mean, most of us just shit our pants right in front of everyone. I realized right away this wasn't the work of spoiled fish sticks. This was an attack. Before it was all over, it had a name. The brownout. The brownout was... The worst day of my life. Mrs. Wexler, the dean of students, canceled all remaining classes. So after lunch, they call school off for the whole rest of the day. My parents came to pick me up. I go home. I take a long shower. And I look at my phone and I see this notification. I got tagged in a video by the turd burglar. The turd burglar? I got tagged in a video. I didn't know who it was. But he knew just about everybody that shit themselves that day. He was taunting us with his captions. Milk, milk, lemonade, around the corner, poo emojis made. Now, those of you that have been listening for some time know that this kind of like hidden gem, I'm going to call it a hidden gem because I don't think it really ever got any major push. I never saw it on the side of a bus, as I said at the time. Uh, The first series focused around who drew the dicks. And this was around a school where a, uh, a person who was known for drawing uh, dicks on the side of things Dylan was, was the character's name. That's it. Well done. Um, and and it, it was a unique series because it kind of was quite introspective in the sense that actually it showed you the fact that they were doing a documentary, but actually they also became like focus of the documentary themselves. These are the two stars, Peter and Sam, who returned for this second series. And they're the only ones that you get transferred over. Yeah. Right at the beginning, they even acknowledged the fact that the first series of American Vandal was on Netflix. I like that. Which was very clever. Um, And they even tried to acknowledge the fact that they changed it from the original. um, I don't even know if that's true. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, it's it's not true, is it? It's It's not true, but it's part of the storyline, but it could be true. Yeah, yeah, well, that's like all of this, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it is very much set on like a making a murderer type thing. It takes a quite a very silly and stupid thing and makes it quite serious. Um, and, and this year it focuses on the acts of the turd burglar, which is just a great phrase. Um, the United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, 
consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov careers slash USBP. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Hands up, me and Matt have watched all episodes. Yeah. Now, if that gives you some idea to how much we like this, then I, I think you're on the right track. There's only eight. There's only There's eight, only and they're only about only half, half an hour. hour. I think the last one might be 40 minutes, but they're only half an hour, and they are very, very good. Um, I won't give away too much about the plot, because I think you know it's, it's great that you, you guys might get a watch this, but you've got a new kind of protagonist, Kevin McLean. He's a kind of like a outcast. He's, he's known as the Fruit Ninja. Hey, uh, Fruit Ninja. I think, should be, I think should be trending. I mean, right? you say, I think we should sort of just go into the plot. Shall I just go into the plot a little bit? Because... Well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a little bit. Okay. I, just, I, don't, I don't have much to give away. Well, but basically, uh, they, they go, they, they're sort of like looking for their next project. And they get contacted by Chloe Lyman about this turd burger, about an instant called the brownout. And basically, uh, somebody spikes the lemonade uh, at a school in Boston, quite a posh school, a Catholic posh school. And 90% of the students um, have diarrhoea um, in one incident. Anyone who has the lemonade, basically, which was everyone. Um, Anybody who had the lemonade. um, And immediately they find themselves interested in this case because somebody has already confessed. The the aforementioned Kevin McLean already confessed. So there's similarities to sort of like making a murderer Mm. where they got Brendan... Yeah, I mean, the, fir- the first series of American Vandal, you had, it was all about proving that Dylan didn't do it. He was the suspect. He'd already been yeah. expelled. Um, they looked at sort of the gaps in it and everything. And because he was known for drawing dicks in this series, um, Kat, Chloe get, basically asked them to... The, the, the premise is that they've been asked to do a second series of American Vandal. All yeah. these people have come forward. The story that has attracted them the most is this one with Chloe saying, you know, I used to be friends with Kevin. I don't think Kevin did it. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence. Um, as well as the brownout, there are two other incidents that have happened. Um, the poop piñata and the um, the cannons with the, um, the, cat, the cat poo. The cat poo cannons, something like that. And, uh, another kind of... Uh a character called Demarcus Tillman. The school is a, a very big basketball school, and he is the star basketball player. Mm. And the, 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 the sort of early, or certainly the early part of the series, focuses around his privilege in being a star basketball player. You know, he's allowed to almost take phone calls inside classes. He's allowed to skip classes, and the conspiracy builds around the fact that originally that it might be that he did it, and because he feels untouchable, you know. Um, and there's all sorts of things to do with that. I mean, there's so many characters in this. Mm. They do it very much like a... What's the word I'm thinking of? What's the bit where you sit and you talk in front of a camera? Talking heads. Yeah. Well, it's done... It's delivered like that, isn't it? It's done like a... As you said, it's done like a making a murderer type documentary. It's done... You know, it's a spoof, but it's not. You know, it's not just funny. It's clever. It's done. It's it's more intricate than a lot of of crime dramas. 
and as yeah. well, I mean, it, it, its focus as well, the first season as well, is on the overusage of technology in modern teenagers. Yeah. I think one thing that I struggled to identify with, and I know you will because you're almost another generation separated from me and Luke, is this, the generation that's grown up in this era where the, everything is recorded, everything is goes yeah. on Facebook or Instagram, and the sort of the final speech by um, by Sam was amazing about like putting these images of yourself, you know, having almost this other identity online than you do in your everyday life, and the, and the disparity between the two. Uh, but this one, I think, probably appealed more to you because it was actually about who did it rather than proving that someone didn't do it. Because the end of the yeah. first season, they didn't reveal that, you know, they, they went, this is probably the person who did it, but they didn't reveal it. And I think that possibly spoiled it for you a little bit because I know you like your conclusions. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing that annoyed me about season one was the fact that the Peter and Sam relationship, you know, it, it wasn't, they were more involved in the case than, I liked that though because why didn't you like that? I don't know. When I I prefer this idea that they are filmmakers Mm. and well, they were in the first one, but it was at their school, so they had to to an extent. Yeah, I don't know. Having watched and this only occurred to me having watched series two, I prefer them being these analysers, stepping away from it a bit and investigating it. I didn't like the fact that they actually got involved, as you say, because it was their school. I preferred this series, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I think this series... I preferred the way in which they did it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I, I think the sort of... The style of it is the same, but I think the writing here was was more clever. I think the first series was they didn't know how it would land, and I think because it's been so successful that they've been able to do something a bit more complex with this one. Um, I think the, the the twist in it and the revelation of who did you know who the tur burglar is and how each crime was carried out and things like that is really well done. I love there's like the little gags. Um, there's a thing about all the um, basketball um, players having yeah. an easy ride through school where they get to do this zoology exam as like what is this animal? A zebra, B lion, C. You know, um, and the um, there's the uh, skip day party with the Great American Challenge where they have to, yeah. like, get drunk, eat a big pizza and then do a jigsaw. It's just silly things like that, but everything is really believable. And the and the writers, the creators behind it, um, I believe, are called Tony Ascender and Dan Perot, um, yes. who we don't know a lot about. Me and Luke were saying this the other day. We don't know a great deal about. Well, when, when looking through their history, a lot of the stuff they'd done before was very no-name-ish, and actually a lot of it didn't really get full series. So they did something called College Humour, that only did five suburban sons, only got four. You know, this is their first, and obviously, you know, this is on Netflix. This is their first real mm. hit. And I think the first, with the first series, it was definitely a very, very much word of mouth thing. I remember someone saying that they only knew about it because the trailer flashed out up at the end of something else they were watching. Um, and but this series did have a little bit more build up. There was a trailer that that went around, and I think because uh, you know the about the, the news about the first series had spread around, people have watched it in the last year, and I just really I think this was brilliant. I think they did a really good job. I don't know if they can get a third series. I I said that though last year, and then they they've come back yeah. with this. So um, I, I think they can, although. 
they, this was their senior project, so it would have to be a college-based project. Yeah, yeah, in so the, in the world. the way in which they do it is that you move it on to college, mm. like, like a number of American shows do that start in high school, and maybe they can get something different out of that. Yeah. But yeah, so what, overall, we absolutely loved it. Yeah. I hope Luke has seen it. By the time he he's had, back, he'll be able to give some thoughts. Um, he, much more we can say. You know, he was it, about you know, half, yeah. Way too much, but watch it. Watch it, yeah. Um, and he w- had watched half the series by the time I spoke to him on Saturday, so he'll have probably finished it by now. Uh, yeah, so all available to stream on Netflix from now. So do it. And watch, if you haven't seen the first season, watch that. Although if you haven't seen it, it doesn't matter. But I, I, would... I think you could watch the second series on its yeah, own. Yeah, I think agreed. I, but, but I think I would still watch both. You know, yeah. they're both good in their own way. And I think it was clever as well to have, because we had, aside from Sam and Peter, I think in the first season, you only had Dylan, who was like this sort of sad sack class clown type character. This yeah. time they've they've got both um, Kevin and Demarcus, who were these characters from different ends of the sort of social spectrum at high school, um, but both have their hang-ups, uh, which which are revealed throughout the series. And I think you get to like both of them, and they both get sort of their like a, a character arc really. And and um, I love the Horsehead Collective. I love uh, Fruit Ninja. I loved. Yeah. Just all that hot janitor. Um, yeah, so many characters that you got out of this. That they made the characters memorable, which is very hard to do when they only get a little bit of time. Yeah. But the nicknames really helped, yeah. Um, I love the fact that he did a blog about tea. Yeah. I don't know why, I don't know why that hit And me. even, like, the, um, the, like, the graphics that come up on screen, like, again, what you would get in these sort of documentaries with the... Yeah. So and so, it was the um, the shitstain McLean thing where he he posted it. He retweeted it on Flashback Thursday. The yes. post got twenty five likes, three smiley faces, and twenty four hearts. Yeah, I, just that sort of, yeah, then the fact that they they had like they had a board with red lines, and he went, "Oh yeah, God, you move the line." Yeah, you know? and all <laughs> those little things were great, you know. And if you're a fan of those documentaries, you will know exactly kind of when you see it, you'll know exactly what this relates to. <laughs> The Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. There are many ways you can uh, support the podcast. I don't think we mentioned Patreon yet this week. So if you'd like to give us some pennies and get lots and lots of hours and hours of exclusive content, then patreon.com slash thecustardtv. You pledge $5, you get loads of bonus stuff, and you can subscribe for a month and then pack it in. Every, every little helps, as um, Tesco used to say. Um, if you can't support us monetarily, the best way to support us is either by, or both, do both, youtube.com, uh, find the Custard TV on there, um, subscribe, and then uh, get liking and sharing them videos, folks. Um, also, uh, iTunes, if you could give us a lovely review and some kind words, we very much appreciate it. Um, in terms of social media, on Facebook, the Custard TV, Twitter, at Matt's TV Bites at Luke Custer TV and at The Gary Show if you'd like to get in touch on old fashioned email you can Custer TV reviews at gmail.com Bodyguard I, I feel like I'm going to be really we had a really positive Gary Goes West and I just feel I'm going to be really negative throughout the reviews now <laughs> Um, well, I've read your article. Yes, I wrote a review of this on on the website because Luke's lazy. Um, 
it it's basically I felt this was the the sort of necessary evil as I said in my article this was the we need to get all the plot in here because we've had all the explosive stuff in the first three episodes we've killed her off I think it's it's lacking something now Keely Hawes isn't in it I think the, the relationship between the two of them it was a relationship um that that added an extra element to it and now that's gone it does feel a bit sort of line of duty meets spooks now um it it's it and it's made him like the the hero the video i mean he loses his sort of police license or what have you you know he it's it's very much like license to kill where james bond yeah. loses has his license revoked you know he's suspended your badge and your guns yes he's yeah. he's suspended at the end of this episode He's becoming like the vigilante action hero now, which I don't think the character was original. I think the char- I liked the fact that he was this sort of almost detached from society type character who, you know, was just going through the motions in these jobs. Uh, there, I, there wasn't a great deal in this that sort of stood out for me, really. Uh, and it has let, like all these articles that do the five questions we have after Bodyguard episode five, but just watching it as a piece of drama for an hour... I didn't. There wasn't a lot to like, really. I, 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 I don't. I'm not a particularly fan of. Um, I'm going to butcher the actress's name now. Um, Nina Toussaint White, who plays oh, the, the detective who was sort of working with Louise, who was working with him a lot. She almost became his sort of like right hand woman in this one. Is it, I, I, what did you think? Because I mean, I've talked about this already, so I, I just thought I found it very frustrating and just and just a bit I, underwhelming. I felt this was the episode that they needed. I think that's what I alluded to earlier on in the series when I said you can't keep doing a show that's based off huge moments. There's got to be a settle down. And we know that from things that Jed has done before. There have been episodes of Line of Duty that I felt like we have felt, oh, this nothing really happened, mm. you know, because they've got to get some plot in there, yeah. as you say. And, and that's the problem, you know, maybe if you'd given him eight episodes, but, maybe if you'd been brave and given him ten, you know, this, this, this he could have... You know, uh, uh, oh, I don't think that. No, no. Well, I, I don't know. You see, I, that, that's the point. I, I've been back and forth on this this week. I'm thinking, hmm. is this a problem with the fact that you've only got six episodes? No, it's not a problem or, with that. Is it? Is it that actually there's only five episodes in this, and actually this is yeah. the one? I mean, I've, I've gone back and forth on that this week a bit. I read your article and read some others that feel similarly, and I'm not sure. I think, but even you say about Line of Duty, even in those quieter episodes we still like them because the the sort of magnetic those police interviews if you compare them the ones in line of duty to the ones in bodyguard you know they're they're night and day i think you're right i reckon this should have been a five and it would have been i i i'm not wanting explosions everywhere but i i i feel like they've changed the characters they've changed yeah, I can see that, but I think also you, you, you. I think I think by the end, hopefully that will make sense. I think that's always the thing. Well, that you but get. no, they've changed him, haven't they? They've yeah, changed- yeah, yeah. But I think in episode six, you'll get some understanding of why he has taken the actions that he's did and why he's changed. I think you're absolutely right. At the beginning, he was this robotic, yeah. you know, thing. The, the the relationship changed him. Mm. And he's now in he's now in grief and things like that. The one thing that I'm, I'm I, the, the ratings are immense. You know, we're now looking at the fact that after we've had consolidated figures after iPlayer, that episode four got something like eleven million. 
um, and things like that. So, and, and episode five got about eight million live, and, 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 and so we're expecting that to get over that. You know, episode six is a seventy-five minute episode, uh, which I think is important. I think that means that we're going to get a return to action. Um, Jed Mercurio, who is now my favourite person to follow on Twitter, has even dropped a hint this week that maybe Keely Hawes' character isn't dead. Mm. Well, I, well, I said and that. I, and I'm saying this now, he's very clever because you never saw a body. Yeah. I have to say I said that last week. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, if, if, if you end up being right, then I will give you the, 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 the praise on that one because I would not have seen that coming. Mm. Um, and, and I think that, that will be a genius piece of writing. Um, but... I don't know. He could be double fooling us. I, I, I still like the episode. I didn't feel quite the way you did. I still think there was plenty in there. Though I do agree that his character has changed, but I can kind of get it. I can understand it a little bit more given what he's gone through. Um, so, you know, I, I, and the fact that still nobody knows about the relationship means that must be coming the big thing about episode six is the reveal of the relationship. Must be a big part of it. I yeah, think. yeah. Well, we'll so, see. I, I mean, I, I said in my review, I'm, I'm fully expecting that this last episode is, is sort of high pace and everything like that. But yeah. I just found, as I said, like, I mean, you, you said we needed an episode like this, and I said it is a necessary evil, but I just, yeah. I, I just found it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dull, really. Uh, there wasn't anything particularly... A lot of it was just people talking in rooms and, and uh, very expositional scenes. And the end was... Oh, he's found the tablet. Yeah. It was very yeah, anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and actually how he even found the tablet was a mm. little bit a little bit strange, but it did make sense, but it's a little bit sort of, you know... Um, I, 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 okay. I As can't say anything because it will spoil something else. Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Good class, from thecustardtv.com. Black Earth Rising, which is a co-production between BBC Two and Netflix. Um, it's written by Hugo Blick, who did the excellent The Shadow Line in uh, 2011 and The Underwhelming and Honourable Woman in 2014, 2015. Uh, th- this stars um, Michaela Cole, who... Um, is best known for chewing gum and that episode of Black Mirror, uh, the USS Callister, which won a couple of Emmys. Charlie Brooker won an Emmy. We forgot to mention that earlier. Oh yeah, yeah, he did for that exact episode. Yes, um, she plays Kay Ashby, a um, Rwandan native who was rescued from the Rwandan genocide as a child um, by her now adopted mother uh, Eve, who is a barrister played by Harriet Walter. Uh, we get the impression early on that Kate is sort of a troubled soul, has issues with her mental health. Um, has attempted suicide? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, we also see uh, John Goodman in, uh, here. He's playing a... Um, what would you say John Goodman's character is? He's a barrister as well, isn't he? I, I, yeah, like a law firm earner, you know. Yeah. Like a, like a, yeah. I think he is a barrister as well, I think. Oh, yeah. 
but he works in the, and the first time we see him is he's sitting on her doorstep eating a 99 um, a Mr Whippy uh, and this basically follows the um, arrest and trial of a um, official um, who helped during you know he was fighting for the Rwandans during the genocide helped to rescue a lot of them but he's now um, being tried because he um, did he steal a lot of diamonds or well, something? yeah basically uh, he got a lot of uh, minerals and, and diamonds out of the country in order to pay the Tutsi rebels to fight the war yeah. but now that there's peace or supposed peace he's now being brought up on, on this sort of thing Simon Nimoa Nimoya um he, he was a general, he's basically become a mercenary and that's why they're trying him and there's uh, the Michaela Cole character Kate is very torn because obviously she was part of the genocide so you're saying why are you trying him when there's much worse people there and you know he was fighting for us and but now he's sort of turned against us Um it's an interesting political story but for me there wasn't a lot to really latch onto here, I know I'm sounding like Luke, but I think again, no, ag- again, there was there was a lot of sort of fragmented bits, and I did like that about the shadow line with Hugo Blick. But the bits, I think the bits with Michaela Cole and John Goodman and Harriet Walter worked better than the bit. There was something where there was like a Canadian army who thought the the leader of them thought that there was a. Yeah. Rwandan general at a spa and they ended up not being him and that all felt a bit bizarre um, what did you think of this Black Earth Rising? I really like the direction I really like, uh, there was a lovely bit, I mean I really like Hugo Blitz's here from the Shadow Line, I didn't think the Honourable Woman was that bad but I, it wasn't did you watch it all? I did watch it all, yeah it wasn't as good as, 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 um, as the Shadow Line for definite and I re- there was one scene when they went to the American um uh, security services and there was this lovely camera shot uh, of it twisting and ending up on the, um, the the bit on the floor you know the what is it the logo on the floor and that kind of bit just sort of took me outside of myself it's like that's brilliant that's real movie like stuff but I really didn't like the lead actress I found her a bit too shouty what Michaela Cole yeah I really didn't like her performance mm, um, I didn't quite get the understanding of her absolute abject um, want for her mother not to try this case and I, I I think the one thing that probably this could have used was a bit more backstory mm. it could have used and maybe we'll get that you know but it could have used a bit more you know showing some of what happened to her getting out of the country I don't know something like that to kind of show because otherwise again you've got someone with men you know someone with some outside issues rebelling against their job you know and, and that didn't feel too good I didn't quite get John Goodman's character. I felt that could have been anybody else. I didn't quite understand why mm. it had to be John Goodman Fair. because it wasn't a big enough performance for him. Um, but I did really like some of the plot, the, the Canadian Army part aside, I would agree with that. I will carry on with this, but I might save it and watch it when there are other shows that are finished because, you know, uh, I, I don't feel like I can watch this press and bodyguard at the same time. I'm not sure. Yeah. Although there's um, only one more bodyguard left. Well, that's right, yeah, but I feel like I would prefer press to this. And I think I, I, say. I think when Bodyguard's done, I think is the cry after that. Yeah, so. that's right, with Jenna Louise Coleman. They've announced Why? That why do you keep doing that, Jenna? It's just Jenna Coleman now. I thought it was, oh, she dropped the Louise? Yes. 
I didn't get the memo, sorry. Okay, Jenna Coleman. She'll, Jenna Coleman. They'll, there'll be words had. Yeah, well, she can get in contact with me directly and I'll have it out. Mm, it works. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I can understand why this one's on BBC Two. Yeah, I'm, I'm one and done with this. Um, I'll be, uh, and as I say, like net, we should actually mention, because this is on Netflix, uh, Netflix have now picked up the bodyguard, sorry, bodyguard. Yeah. Ha- Netflix have picked up bodyguard for um, international distribution. I mean, I think that's a good call. I think the Americans will like that. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, No Activity, which is a new... Uh, well, it's not new. It's new to us. Uh, yeah. it, start, it started in 2015 in its native Australia. Uh, it's on its second season um, in Australia. This is a um, comedy about... Um, two. Det- well, it, it's about... The main basis is two detectives, Hendy and Stokes, who do a lot of stakeouts and have to report back to base, often saying no activity, hence the title. Um, It is a lot of sort of conversational comedy. You get the cops, you get the criminals, and you get the the people back at base who are like the um, dispatch uh, call takers. Car 72, please report. Speak speak up a bit. Um, Car 72, please report. Uh, this is car 72, no activity. Who's that? This is April. I'm in dispatch with Carol. It's her first day, guys. Oh, April. Well, welcome. This is uh, Detective Hendy. Uh, Detective Stokes, uh, welcome aboard, April. Maintaining surveillance on seemingly empty warehouse. We are car 72 and look forward to checking in with you in the future. Is it? Mm. Actually, April, um, stand by. There is a bit of activity. Oh no, he's gone. Sorry, car 72, what? Back up! Back up! So I'm not quite catching you. Are you car 72? Carol? Um, car 72. Car 72? Please grow up. Sorry. Sorry, Carol. Sorry, Carol. Sorry, April. Fuck's sake. She sounds nice, doesn't she? No. Come on. No. I can... No, you can't. You, yeah. you you think you're some kind of Cupid, and you're not. Yeah. I won't be set up by you again. Oh, come on. And I don't want a nice April. I want a filthy April. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want, like, a, you know, come home at 3am after a shift and just go... I don't care if you're asleep. I want a, like, a... I want a hot... Yeah. Hunt, uh, like a Parisian, uh, with a medieval uh, like a hot summer like okay. oh, I'm sweating I don't, I don't know what fluids are coming out of here so uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna throw your fluid on there yeah. mm. car 72 you're still on uh yeah sorry Carol just uh uh just kidding car 72 out it's very sort of light the episodes are only about 20 minutes long I've sort of watched about one and a half. They're showing these BBC Two Sunday night. Nothing sort of inoffensive about this. I think I chuckled a couple of times, but nothing memorable at the same time. I'm hoping that this this does sort of almost pave the way for BBC Two to do more stuff like this, and we might see Wellington Paranormal Air at some point. Well, and, and, and that's what I immediately thought of. Not that it's very similar to Wellington Paranormal, but I, I was I was taken back to that kind of feeling when I saw it. Is that kind of you know those those kind of that kind of humour? Yeah. Um, 
slightly but, different because because it's Australian. Yeah, not New Zealand, but not New Zealand. It's, it's Antipodean. Yeah, Antipodean, very nice. Um, what general thoughts on this, Gary? sort of cancelled because there was a series in 2015 and a series in 2016 and nothing since so right and I think it was on the streaming platform in Australia well, as well, it, it's anything. funny as well because I know we're moving into the, the, the previews but the, you've got another Australian now a drama mm. coming I wonder if the BBC have sort of signed some sort of deal with yeah. Channel 9 or, or ABC in, in Australia and this is part of them bringing these over apparently it streams on Stan which is an Australian VOD service there you go you learn something new Yes, and there it is continuing because there is a um, Christmas special in the, uh, this year in in, in Oz. I, I couldn't really think of, a, of another show like it. No, that's true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, somebody said car share to me, but I didn't. I don't know because I've not seen car share. There is something. I, I mean, it does remind a little bit of Marion and Jeff, that sort of thing. I it might oh, just be yeah, because there, there are other sort of observational comedies like this, but nothing sort of specific to the police force. Um, I liked the, the opening bit with the two gangsters. Yeah. Where they were pretending to sort of say how they're going to kill you, and actually it was just a bit. I thought that was quite funny. I like the women in Dispatch as well. I like the one, the bit yeah. about her son going into the toilet and stuff, and then. Her getting really outraged when she said something about it, and she's the new character that we kind of supposed to yeah. associate with. So she's new, and therefore everything gets explained to her, yeah. so that you understand yeah. it a bit more, which I think was quite good as well. So that's no activity. It's airing uh, in double bills on Sunday night um, on BBC Two at ten o'clock, I believe. Yes. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email: custardtvreviews at gmail dot com. Pick of the week. Well, I just mentioned it, so I'll big I'll it up a little bit. So we get a, a, in the Nordic Noir slot on BBC Four, we get an Australian drama series called Mystery, Mystery Road. Uh, this is um, seeking a missing young man, taciturn detective Jay Swan, uh, finds an outback community fractured by secrets. Um, you know, this 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 sounds to me like you know this is going to be the sort of, might be their kind of like their next big thing on chat on BBC Four. I haven't seen any previews, but I like the plot line that's outlined. But I find it hard to get excited. It sounds a bit like Crocodile Dundee, you know, a little Crocodile Dundee two, I suppose, when he goes back to the outback. Um, but I'm, I'm going to watch the first one of those and see what it's like. 
Um, for me, um, I'm going to say no offence, which is continuing Thursday nights on Channel 4. I've already binged the series. I've really enjoyed it. Um, this, I believe, is the halfway point. Uh, it's also a chance for me to big up the uh, reviews by um, Michael Lee, who's who's doing a stellar job. There's yeah. tons, if you're a no offence fan, there's tons of content on the website. Um, also, I suppose Strictly Come Dancing is first live show, uh, Saturday 6.15. Uh, but it's not. there's not really a lot of new stuff starting. Um, but we shall be back next week. Um, I'd just like to sort of big up some stuff on the website because I don't think we do talk about the website very much. There's reviews of Bodyguard, which me and Luke have sort of tag-teamed throughout this series. Um, I'm doing the last episode. Uh, Michael you're, you're, Stuff, finisher. you're the Hulk Hogan of that tag team. I am, yes, yes, he yeah. is. Well, no, I, I feel I'm. Uh, if we, he, Luke's the one who goes for all the glory. I'm the, I'm the hard worker no, normally. You're the Randy Savage. I am the Randy Savage to you're his the Randy Hulk Hogan. Savage of this podcast, yeah, that's right. Without the anger problems and domestic that violence. That makes me the Miss Elizabeth, which I'm not happy about. Yeah, um, we'd struggle to lift you up at the end of the. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a SummerSlam '88 ending. Yeah, I wouldn't oh, like God, to see that either. Um. Um, but yeah, um, Graham, um, our, one of our friends of the show, he does an excellent job on a Tuesday yes. night with his Bake Off breakdowns. Um, and yeah, so if you uh, pop over to thecustardtv.com, uh, we're regularly reviewing things. There's always the um, TV week, uh, which you get, which we work off to do our pick of the week. Um, head over there. Yeah, Gary, anything else? Um, please watch Killing Eve. Um, yes. It's great. Please watch American Vandal. It's great. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Um, so we shall be back. Um, reviews of The Final Bodyguard, uh, Mystery Road that Gary just mentioned, the Maniac on Netflix. That's that's one of the big shows next week. Yeah, they're very short apparently. So and anything else we can bring to the table? I might start watching BoJack Horseman but, and, and we'll probably do Quickly Strictly. Yeah, or long yeah. we can go as long as we want because Luke's not oh, here yeah, talking right. over us. around. Yes. I knew there was a good reason for him going nowhere. Okay, well, take care, folks, and we'll be back um, at the same time next week, hopefully. And, and uh, yeah, bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.